Hey, crazy cool parents. Welcome to the Weekly Rethink. I'm Don Manning. And I'm Suzanne. And we are here to help you rethink the way you do family. So wrapping up our series on culture, we have been talking a lot about uh, the practicality of culture. And we're going to do that again today. But First of all, just a little reminder of why culture is so important. Yeah, so culture creates space for our kids to grow and to thrive. And the culture in our families is the first place where our kids get to learn how to live and interact with other people. It's the very foundation that their faith is built on. Yeah, you say a lot that our home is a training ground for the outside world. Right. And so if the culture in our home is really negative, then they're not equipped to go out and interact with others well. Exactly. And it's that interchange that we practice with each other. If we're nice and kind and and gentle, or if we're mean and ugly and rude, then that's how we're going to be outside the walls of our families. Yeah. And if our culture's good inside our home and it's building our kids' confidence and it's a place they can be, then they're going to have more confidence to go out in the outside world. We got a scripture for you. And in James 2.22, it says, you see that his faith and actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. James is so good about telling us to do things well and to have faith and, you know, and to be doers of the word. And so as we look at culture, that's something that we can do. And last week when we talked about the practicality of culture, we were talking about our words and we talked about what we, words we didn't say. And then we talked about words that we, that we did say. And so today we're talking in a more practical sense about activities, activities we have. And again, just like we said last week, we, we took a little walk down memory lane of things we took out of our culture and things we added to our culture, right? Right. So let's talk about what some things maybe we took out of our culture. And it was interesting to think about. It wasn't very specific, but it was more thematic, I would say. And this may be a little bit troublesome for people because so often it's even our view of God that we think about a God as somebody who takes things away from us. And we're always thinking about what we have to give up for family. Yeah, and I think a better way to look at that is instead just presenting it, you know, like with the idea of just your hands are are opened up. Inside your hands is whatever it is that you're presenting to God. And then God's going to say, yes, that's a great thing for your family. Or God's going to say, that's not best for your family. Or God's going to say, no, that's bad for your family. But I think that where the the dying to self comes in is just surrendering it to God, just handing it to him in the first place. Because so often I think that when we think about giving up or doing something different for family, which is in our 27 years of marriage and raising seven kids, we've definitely, God has definitely presented things that he wanted us to do differently, things he wanted us to give up, things he wanted us to add in. And sometimes those things we need to give up, it feels like we're going to miss out or we're going to get something taken away from us. But going back to what you said, if we can put it on the altar and believe that if God says it's not good for us or it's not something that we're supposed to do, that that's really best for us. And it's going to bring about great faith and great culture and great relationships in our family and all those things. Man, it really helps to look at things differently like that. Yeah. And so one of the things that I wanted to talk about is like, I'm going to probably step on some dad's toes here, but watching sports 
And I remember that when we had little kids that we had to race home from church or wherever we were for that Sunday football game. So you could watch the Cowboy game, right? <laughs> yeah. No, so I could nap, but that's a whole nother story. Um, but I just remember you being pretty intense about that and that if a child would step in front of the TV screen that they needed to probably fear for their life because they were in the way of what was happening. Oh, yeah. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Well... I mean, I was a jerk a lot of times when the, the cowboy game came on and our, you know, three-year-old would have to, something to do. I was like, that was my and sacred. And wanted to play Barbies with you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and the girls didn't want to watch football. Actually, they're all sports fans now, but it was like it was a sacred time. And that's, it was just something that was really important to me. Not only the cowboy game, but a lot of watching sports. And so, you know, I think over the years, I value relationship more than sports now. And, you know, the NCAA tournament's going on right now and I'm watching some of it and, and I still watch sports and track it on the internet and things like that. But just not letting these sacred cows get in the way. There's so many things that have come up over time that we even we even listed a few of them that are things that can be hindrances and things that can cause issues in the home. One of them, uh, for example, is travel in our jobs. You know, it's such a, you know, so many dads, if they're in sales or, or, or moms that are in corporate world or whatever, Travel has become a big deal, and mm -hmm. we have to travel in our jobs, but yet... I remember my dad traveled as we were growing up, and he was gone two or three days out of the week. And I just remember, even as a little girl, feeling like we couldn't get in the rhythm of a family. You know, we had times where dad was there, and then times where dad wasn't there, and it just felt like it was different. And so I just think about that for parents, those of you that travel, to just... Put that in mind. What does that look like, the culture in your home, and how are you going to reinvest that time that you don't have with your kids when you are away from them? And are you going to recapture that maybe on the weekends and be intentional about hanging out with them or something like yeah, that? I mean, I've seen some moms and dads that do travel that do it very successfully. Figure it out. Yeah. And not usually if they have to travel a lot. You know, if it's a five day a week travel every week, that's usually pretty tough. But it's just an example of something that, you know, for me, when we had, as our family grew, I had to put my, I had some opportunities with some jobs that would have allowed me, uh, would have, would have had me travel, but would have taken me away from the home. And we really prayed about that. And we felt like for my career, uh, that that was not a good thing for us. And so we, you know, at the time, I, I was sometimes a little bit, there was a couple opportunities. I was like, oh my goodness, this could be awesome. Oh yeah, I'd have to travel a little more. And I just, we just felt that, that nudge from the spirit because that wasn't it. It didn't look good at the time. Looking down the road, I see where God's hand was in it. Just a couple other things that we talked about. Um, one of them is, is hobbies. So often it's our, you know, golf, hunting, uh, recreation, whatever it is. And, and we feel like, oh, we're deprived if, you know, my wife won't let me do that. Or my husband doesn't like it when I do that or whatever. Well, and I remember you trying to play golf for a little while and then realized that being gone from the family for six hours or eight hours or however many hours it takes to it play a round long, of golf. Usually. Most people four, but <laughs> oh, okay. felt like six when I was like at a, home with all the children. 130, it <laughs> takes a little longer. Um, but, but I just remember you tried it for a few Saturdays in whatever and realized this is, I, for me, it did, I mean, for you, well, for me, for sure it didn't work, but for you, I mean, it was like, yeah, that's, especially once our kids started their own activities. Yeah. And it was really a few years and 
and it wasn't that interesting to me. You know, I think that, um, and, and we're not just talking about things that giving up everything for the right. family, because on the flip side of that, sometimes God will say, Hey, I want you to add these things in so that you are getting energized so you can bring energy to the family. It's what we'll talk about in a minute. But we, we talked about a couple of other things, um, well, so one of the things I wanted to bring up, if you're going to talk about hobbies for adults, I think that we should also bring up activities for our kids. And I think that um, in the area that we live, I see that our kids are exhausted. They're going from art lessons to music lessons to dance lessons to playing on some sporting event or whatever that is. Yeah, and so many kids are doing multiple sports and things like that. Oh, yeah, or two or three different sports. At, now, at four years old. Yeah, well, and now the seasons overlap. When I was growing up, they didn't. You had a specific season, and it ended before the next sporting season. And select sports are starting younger and younger. And so, again, parents, you know, we want to do the best for our kids and we want our kids to be good at things. And it's a good thing to want them to excel at things. I love it that, all, you know, that my kids have liked to uh, be good at something. And I encourage that and work with them to do that. Again, what are we willing to put on the altar? And yeah. And so just hold your hands open and ask the Lord what that is. And, and by all means, get your kids input. But then let me just plant this seed in your head. Children's work is to play. And when they play, their play is imagination. And so when they imagine, when they get to be outside and when they get to interact with their siblings, that's what's beneficial for them. And so just keep that in mind as you're filling up their little schedules with activities, schedule in playtime. Okay, Thursday evenings, they're going to play. Saturday mornings, they're going to play. Or Saturday afternoons, they're going to play. Or, or Sunday, you know, whatever that is, that is valuable to building your culture. It, it absolutely is. And a last thing just to think about from parents' standpoint especially is um, many of us have jobs that are really demanding. And so sometimes we have to make decisions. And I just encourage you as parents to make decisions that are going to be good for the long term. You know, when you're making your career choices, I've made many career choices that, that where maybe I, I had to take that job, but I saw it being something that was going to, take me away from the family a lot because sometimes it's travel, but sometimes it's just being at the office till mm-hmm. eight, nine, 10 o'clock. And, and what I tell dads a lot when I counsel dads, you know, about their workplaces, it's, it's good to work. You know, Colossians three twenty three says work heartily as for the Lord, not for men for it's the Lord God we serve. And I think that uh, men and women in the workplace should work hard and be the best employee they could absolutely be. I think when, uh, as far as hours go, I find that um, there are times in career when we need to have a season of hard work. You know, that season may be weeks or months that we need to make a difference. But when working hours and hours and hours, and I'm, I'm talking, you know, 60, 70, 80, 90 hours a week, when that becomes a way of life, it's time to find a new job. If you want to have a home with a culture that's going to be what you want it to be for the future. And so, well, and then along with that, Americans statistically don't take their vacation days. And so if you are going into a season where you see that you're going to have to work a lot, then intentionally plan that. Okay. We're going to take a vacation on the front end of it. We're going to take a vacation on the back end of it. Um, if I'm working, you know, 60, 80 hours and I can't put my kids to bed, well then I'm going to take a day off in the middle of that season or whatever that is and just hang out with my kids because 
in the grand scheme of things, kids don't see time. They don't really see seasons, but they do see memories. And so that's our goal is in that outside of the home time that you're spent away, if you can make sure you intentionally make memories on the back end, then that's going to build your culture. And so hopefully we haven't stepped on a lot of toes here. <laughs> let's, let's end this part of the deal where we started, and that is that the real thing that you we would encourage you to do and the real thing that we've done and continue to do is to put your career, put activities, put hobbies, put whatever the situation is, put it before the Lord and ask God for his input. Again, sometimes God's going to say, you need that or it's, it's, it's required or it's something that's good. Sometimes he's going to say, maybe that's not the best decision for your family. Talk about it with your spouse. Pray about it with your spouse. Listen to your spouse. You know, so many times I have wanted to do something and my wife has had hesitation about it. And I sometimes will get annoyed at that. But I found out later that it was the best decision for me. It was the best decision for our marriage. And it was the best decision for our family. All right. So let's move from... Yeah, let's get this more positive. Yeah, putting negative things on the altar or the activities on the altar to um, for sure some things that you should do in your home. Yeah, activities that we put in. This was so fun. There were three things that we thought of, and we could have thought of dozens. Oh, yeah, like bedtime routines. and. But we really went a little bit more conceptual. Yeah. And the first one we just did was laughing, that we need to laugh in our homes. And you as parents and us as parents are the instigators of laughter in our homes, or we should be. For sure. Laughter is the best medicine. Laughter can diffuse any situation. As an example, and we're going to bring in McCade, our youngest child. Uh, we went on a ski trip. Just just got back from spring break, and we want you to, uh, to hear from him about what his favorite memory of, was of the trip, uh, because it was about laughter. Okay, so McCade... Our seventh child, last born son, was the only one left after at spring break to go on an adventure with his dad. And so they went snow skiing. And Cade, when you got home, what did you tell me was your favorite part of the whole trip? Laughing. What do you mean laughing? Just laughing and all the things that we were doing. Because all like whenever we're just like on a ski slip, Honestly, left and we're just getting poured down with rain, snow. <laughs> um, it and we literally can just swipe our seats, uh, swipe our pants, and it's just snow just keeps on like we swipe it and then snow and then swipe it and snow, and you just can't stop. And then also just falling in powder, and then it just you can just get back up, and it's just fun. And just and it's also just with my dad, and it's just fun to be enjoyable around my dad. And he, I know that like he accepts my mistakes, and that he will laugh with me, and that he will just um, we'll just have a great time together. Did you ever laugh at him? Once or twice. <laughs> what did he do that made you laugh at him? Um, one time he fell, and then I didn't know he fell because I was like uh, ahead of him, and then it was like. Three minutes later, and I, he ended up find, finally coming back, and I was like, how was it? And he just said, I fell. And I was like, okay. And then you laughed at him. Mm-hmm. That's good. What is your favorite thing about laughing? Um, 
it's just I guess it's enjoyable like yeah you have a good feeling inside of you like it's it's happy you could say like it's nice being happy and so whenever you're laughing you're happy because it's an enjoyable time and so you do that to me a lot like if I'm frustrated or annoyed then you usually try to make like a joke or something to make me laugh don't you yeah because like I kind of think about that like laughing is a little bit of bringing happiness to you because if you're, you're you're so much joy that you have to laugh because of the joy or it's so funny that you have to laugh because if you are frustrated and then you laugh, now you're thinking about laughter. You're not thinking about frustration. Yeah, that's good. Wisdom from a 13-year-old. You got to <laughs> love it. Thanks, Cade. McCade is such a funny kid. He's the seventh kid, and he just knows he's lucky to be here, so he goes with the flow. He was, happy. He was so much fun on the trip because he was just a pest. And so, you know, so many times, parents, our kids are pests. And they are doing it to get attention. They're doing it to connect with us. It's, it's Well, their... to get laughter. I mean, that's the highest compliment you can give a child is to laugh with them. And so many times we get annoyed with them because they're being pests. Silly. Yeah. They're Annoying. Being, what if we just became pests ourselves? Right. And that's kind of what McCade and I did on the trip. He kept uh, messing with my, you know, heat and he would poke at me on the slopes and and part of me was you know it was a tough trip there was a lot of weather you know skiing's just hard anyway and at times I wanted to not be so happy about it but the Lord just impressed upon me this is a great time I'm having with my child and I need to just be a pest back and that worked really well that's good and so another concept is to just bring energy into your home and Don did such a good job with this when our kids were little I had been home with them all day long and was just exhausted. Four daughters, young yeah. girls. And I, and I remember it was four daughters and then a baby Michael. And so yeah. that's the season that I remember was just probably the roughest season. And um, I just was done by the end of the day. And so Don would walk in and he would be just like a breath of fresh air. And he would come in with all this energy and he'd, you know, throw Michael up in the air and he'd toss all the girl's hair and he'd say, let's go out in the front yard and play some basketball. And all of their energy that had drained me all day long went outside with his positive energy while I could be in the kitchen by myself for a few minutes to get dinner together. Yeah. Dads and moms, whenever you enter the house. One of the things I learned, and, and I don't remember what stage of life I learned it at, I don't remember how long we've been married, but someone told me one time something that was so insightful. It's that whenever I enter the house, I enter it with energy and life. I heard it on a cassette tape. So that tells you how <laughs> long ago it was. So it was a, a while wow. back. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But on that cassette tape, the guy said, when you enter a home, and he was talking about when some when you come home from work, right? Picture your wife or picture your spouse when you come in, and picture how they would want you to greet them. Hmm. Picture your three-year-old and say, "What would that three-year-old want you to be like when you came home?" And be that person, not the person you feel like being. Well, and then if you've had a hard day. I mean, all day at work and you've poured out and you don't have any more energy left, then that's the perfect opportunity for God to fill in the gap. And so pray all the way home and ask him to give you what you need. And he's faithful and he will. He'll meet you right where you are and he'll give you that positive energy. And it applies to other things, other times as well. For example, and I know this is difficult, but when you get up in the morning and you come into the uh -oh. breakfast area, okay, <laughs> 
that you're going to start your kid's day. And I know some people are morning people and some not. We have all these excuses, but we also have God. Right. And, and if we get up, and that's one of the reasons we want to connect with God first thing in the morning, because if you come into your breakfast area and all you can do is tell them what they're doing wrong and why aren't the, why are their shoes on the floor and, and the, you know, just come in with energy. Hey, man, this is going to be a great day. Let's go out and, and, you know, let's go see what God has for us today. You're going to send your kids. You're going to send your, you know, if you're a guy, you're going to send your, your wife off with encouragement rather than worrying about what they did wrong already that morning or whatever. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And then the, the last positive activity um, action that we'd like to add in is physical touch and just that concept. I was reading in um, a book the other day about how to mothers, how to interact with your sons, but I think it applies to daughters and husbands and wives as well too, is that sometimes we just talk at them and we expect them to obey, you know, Hey, come here, pick this up, do this. And a lot of the times, especially our young sons, they tune us out. They don't really even hear our voice. And we get so frustrated with them because you're not listening to me. And the reality is their brain is just not plugged in to your world. It's plugged into their world. And so the, one of the most powerful things we can do is just to walk over there and touch them. And the the human touch, physical touch is electrifying. And so from mother to son, from mother to child, it's, it's a wake, it wakes them up. And so they'll be like, Oh yeah, mom, you know, Oh, you're talking to me. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I was across the room for you for 10 minutes. And, and it just, it just took a touch. And I know we have a lot of parents with young children. Physical touch is amazing. I mean, I don't know how many times I flipped my kids on a bed I mean, just threw them up in there, grabbed their legs and, you know, threw them on the bed and then flipped them around or whatever it was. And it doesn't have to be all, you know, for especially for guys. I mean, you know, we just think, oh, how many hugs do I have to give in this deal? You know, it doesn't have to be just enough. Exactly. That's true. But it doesn't have to be just hugs. I mean, it can be wrestling. Oh, yes. And it can be pushing them around or tag and just being, you know, just being rough out, being rough with them or whatever. Another thing is just letting your kids see you touch your spouse. Mm -hmm. Um, When you're greeting your family members, when when you go into the room, like from when you again, when you come home, give them a hug. When you leave, hey, I love you. Giving your spouse a kiss. You know, I remember Mackenzie. So when she was six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, I don't know how long it lasted. It lasted a long time. Uh, she connected with me physically and she would walk me out to my car mm-hmm. every day. I mean, every day. would if, if she heard me leave and she was in bed, she would literally get up so she could walk me out to my car and you know, then she would kiss me goodbye. Well, that was a physical touch. It was a, a deal that, that she did to connect with me. And, and those things are so powerful. Well, and if you parents of small children that are throwing fits, if you want to diffuse a fit, then scoop that baby up in a hug and just hold them tight and whisper in their ear, I love you, I love you, I love you. You're okay, you're going to be okay. And that will melt a fit. And I think to wrap this up today, that's what we're talking about when we talk about culture is think about just bringing laughter into your home. We don't, we can't tell you every way you're going to do it. You're going to be different. Your personality style is going to be different. Your spiritual walk is going to be different. What if you just brought laughter into your home though? What if you brought energy into your home? What if you 
brought physical touch into your home? What if you put all of your stuff before the Lord and said, hey, Lord, I want to do the things. I want to put the things in our culture and in our family that you want. And if you want me to maybe even give something up or redirect me in some way, I'm willing to do that or we're willing to do that. That's kind of the theme of the activities in the culture today. So I hope that helps you. I hope that we have told it to you in the way that God would want to tell it to you in a way that would be um, encouraging and a way that would build your faith. So I hope you've really also enjoyed our, our discussion this month about culture. Oh, yeah. On this week's blog on action, there will be a link to uh, one of another blog that we've written to challenge. And on the challenge, it's the atmosphere in your home. And on that one, there is some PDFs on words and actions. And so if you need to brainstorm about that, or if you want to have some input on maybe what are some things I can say, or what are some things I can do, then there is some information for you on that. And it's just, it'll be on a, a link in the blog. Just click on it. And as always... Go get our book. Go get our book for others. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on our website. If you haven't, if you're just joining us, uh, connect with us on social media. Go to our website. Give us your email address so we can continue to stay connected with you. And follow us all you can so we can help you build the amazing family that God wants for you. So go be crazy parents. We love you. Crazycoolfamily.com.